You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Mason Dixon, how are you feeling today? That was the worst hockey game I've watched in years. Not only from the Montreal Canadiens perspective, but just in terms of watchability. I have never, ever, ever been that bored watching a hockey game in my entire existence. The only reason I finished it was because it was such a fucking waste of my time that I felt like if I stopped watching it, it would have just been worth nothing. Otherwise, yeah, I turned I it off in hopes that um, that things would change, and it didn't. So I kind of lucked out on that. That was the single worst hockey game Montreal has played all year. That was. Yeah, that's Just worse than the five nothing. No, that was harder to watch than when we lost to Columbus ten nothing <laughs> two years ago. That was the worst experience I've had watching hockey in a very long time. Ah, fucking cannon night. And I'm genuinely bringing up this. This isn't a joke. I do. You, do you think the Laval Rocket could beat the Montreal Canadiens right now? Yeah, because I do. I think the Laval team plays for Laval. They have heart. They have like, not not even based on experience right now. They like, they play together and they. Oh, have and they have they have some guys who can fucking put the puck in the back of the net too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Does Toffoli have to score in every game we win? Yeah, apparently. It's brutal. And holy fuck, Cole Caulfield sitting up in the stands watching that. 
what what's he not ready for? Whose job can't he take on this team? Because you know what? If anything he could have gotten from that, the only thing that game did for him was either make him dread coming to this fucking organization or just give him the confidence to know that he could take every single fucking player's job on this team because that was just pitiful. That was disgraceful. I understand Ottawa comes to play every single game. They go hard. They play hard. That's their whole, that's their whole spiel. That's all they are. This is not a good hockey team, guys. They have five rookies on this team. Matt Murray is shit this year. They've dressed five fucking goalies. Thomas Shabbat, when we talk about how he plays second most minutes in the NHL, because no one else on that fucking team can play hockey. Do they have a bright future? Yes, that's the future. This is one of the worst teams in the league. They're awful. And to be at the bottom of the Canadian division in a te- just a team that the Montreal Canadiens, sorry, a division where the Montreal Canadiens are in the playoffs. That's how bad this division is. And they're at the bottom of it. It's fucking ridiculous. And you never, ever get shut out by that team. Ever. Let alone in that fashion. The Sens got 15 shots and scored four fucking times. Like, when do we call it and quits? When do we look at, take a step back and go, holy shit, this team sucks. It's April 17th. This team is not who they were at the start of the season. They are who they are. And they suck. So I fucking hope we miss the playoffs. Because maybe that's the fucking kick in the ass ownership needs so that they can take a step back and go, holy fuck, this management team is awful. Because honestly, I don't know where you are here, Corey. And this is, you know, we try not to overreact over one loss, but I can't fucking put on a fake smile and pretend everything's okay anymore. I don't care if Bergevin drafts well, if he trades well, because he does both those things well. Okay, he does that. He makes great accusation acquisitions. He drafts well. But this team is shit. How many years later? Nine years later, they're still dog. At the end of the day, like, what the fuck has he done to improve this squad since he took over? If you, if you can't coach a team to victory, if you can't, make a winning squad even after the good draft selections and the great trade acquisitions and the free agent signings like Toffoli, then what's the, you're still failing at your job. And I'm not necessarily calling for his head, but how many fucking coaching changes does this guy get? Do we cut, do we cut Ducharme loose now? I just don't understand where this team goes. I don't fucking know. I think anything's capable right now. If you want to move, uh, it's not even just one loss, it's just a string of bad fucking play, no heart. I mean, I'm a fucking couch, I'm a couch analyst, you know, so I don't fucking know. But sitting at home watching this, it's, it's boring. It's been boring. There's no string. The, the only, the only consistency we have at this point is fucking losing. 
And I think I think the beginning of the year is just the icing on the cake of how fucking aggravating it is. You know, to have success right off the bat every year and then to just show our true colors, you know, as it narrows down to the end. Like undeserving, unmotivated. I I don't don't, don't fucking know, dude. I feel bad for all the young players that, you know, that saw the beginning, were super hype, and it's like Nicole Caulfield tonight. Just fucking what a boring game to fucking have to sit through in a suit with a mask on, you know. Oh, it's just fucking – what do we have to lose at this point? What the fuck is Bergevin's end goal here? Because – but he can't. You make, know, it he looks, can't make. He can't make space for him. He only needs seven hundred. He can't. No, we space have for space for him. But what I'm saying is, what's the fucking point? We're gonna hobble into the playoffs. We're gonna get our asses handed to us by the Leafs. Make no mistake, they are going to kick our asses. And you know, maybe the Leafs choke. They've been known to do so. And maybe we make it to the second round. This team doesn't go any further than that. We don't win the Stanley Cup. And if we do win the Stanley Cup, I will put a fucking asterisk on it. Because it's brutal. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Mark Bergman does not deserve success from this roster. The only have the we only had good... some... go ahead, mother. I'm sorry. Have we had some injuries? Yes. But we lost. We're losing Brendan Gallagher right now. If we lose one guy and we can't compete, the team isn't good enough. Um, just on Brendan Gallagher, uh, a little bit of news. He does not need surgery. Um, but still, no timetable uh, past. You know, him not making it back this season. I think he's just slated at six six weeks. Um, the only good thing about it is that we will squeak through the playoffs. And is that a good thing though? Let me tell you. Just calm down. Is it? Pump your fucking brakes. The only good thing about it is that Cole Caulfield will get a little bit of playoff experience. Just like we said last, going into the bubble. Just good for some of these young guys. That's about the icing on the cake of this, is that Cole Caulfield is going to experience playoffs, most likely against the Leafs. And um, I don't know. He'll be better for it. Is that a playoff experience, just getting your ass handed to you, though? Because when does this team stop saying, you know, it's good for the future or it's good for the – like, we're in this weird fucking limbo of we're trying to compete, and we've said on this podcast we're not there yet. So why is Shea Weber lacing him up for 25 minutes a night, every night, on the first – fucking power play unit when we're supposed to be growing for the future we have alexander romanov who by god deserves some fucking power play time we've given away victor mete if today didn't make you realize that mete is a very capable nhl player his last three games for the senators give him some opportunity give him some ice time he's making plays he almost scored against the Habs today (laughs) on his single shot it's utterly ridiculous the asset mismanagement that was Victor Mete and like 
are we going to continue to stifle our youth movement here? Our young players' development? Why are we still, why does Eric Stahl play more than KK in the third period? The Eric Stahl pickup was, you know, it was an attempt to get something like we got with Corey Perry. It didn't work. Let it go. Bench him. Jake Evans is a rookie who's played for the most part pretty well for most of the season. He's sitting in the stands with Cole Caulfield. If we're all about the youth movement here, if we're saying at the start of the season, we'll go as far as our youth. Why are we stifling them? Why are we playing veterans ahead of them? This team at the start of the season when they were winning games, it was because we were fun to watch for starters. We were young. We were making mistakes, but we were scoring. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing was we were fast. Do you remember when this was this whole team's identity? We're not the biggest, but we're fast. And we're going to play hard. (laughs) We're so slow. We We can't get a puck entry into the offensive zone. To save our lives, we have these fucking dinosaurs on defense. Like, it's just Shea Weber can't even hold the puck over the blue line. If it comes to him, it's going out of the zone. They're getting a clearing. He's utterly useless in the offensive zone. The only thing he's capable of is injuring our players. He put another puck at about 105 miles per hour into Tatar's back. It was loud too. Like, <laughs> it's there should be some pride. Why are we lacing? Why are we letting these fucking, like I said, dinosaurs lace them up on the back end for us and provide nothing? Like if if Mark Bergevin doesn't or Dominic Ducharme don't do anything to the lineup after that game, I'm done. I'm calling it quits. <laughs> I'm giving up on the Berger plan. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah. it's... I just uh, I don't, I don't like, um, I don't like the lines right now. I don't like the team right now. I don't look. I don't think Carey Price should have started today. I don't no. think fucking Sherratt and Weber should have started today as the first D pairing. I wouldn't and... even put them the fucking together because both of them suck. Sherratt fucking. If you're gonna, you know, point the blame at Weber, Shry can't keep the fuck. I think we're on a fucking power play, and he just single-handedly just moves the fuck behind the fucking line. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again repeatedly and expecting different results. Dominic Ducharme continues to dress the same fucking lineup. Every goddamn night, the same ice time for veteran players. And, you know, every once in a while, we squeak out a win. Jake Allen plays well. Toffoli puts in a few goals. Jeff Petrie rushes into the play, makes something happen, and we get a win. But most of the time, we suck. We get what we did tonight. And when you're losing 2 nothing in the middle of the game, to the Ottawa Senators, and you have eight shots on net, I don't care how many NHL games you have in this league. Eric Stahl, you're on the bench. Philip Deneau actually played good. Shea Weber, you have how many games in this league? 800, 900? Your ice time's getting slashed. Romanov, let's go. 
KK Suzuki, we're going to put you on the same line, see if you can do something. To fully Drew, put Drew in the back in the center of the ice, I don't care. But you got to do something. And in a game like this, where you've got nothing to fucking lose, honestly, the only thing you have to lose is your job, and you're going to lose it by just continually getting pounded in games that we should be in. You've got to do something. And the fact that Ducharme rolled four lines the whole fucking game, benched, didn't bench, but played Eric Stahl more than KK, who was one of the only players actually doing anything this game. I think game. he was the best player on Ice Foster. I think this by evening. far, him and Anderson. And just, I don't understand their reluctance to play KK and Suzuki together even on the power play there are two best offensive players there are two smartest players put them together and you know KK is his hockey hockey IQ is far and above everyone else's on the ice I think even Suzuki's the passes he makes are insane but no one expects them and or no one can bury them at least then let him be the trigger man on the power play. Change something. Like, I'm just begging you them to do anything, and they don't. And as a, as a fan who, like, I would say in a regular season, I watch 70 of the games, right? <laughs> I watch every game I can. It's making me not want to watch hockey. It's not fun to watch. And like I tweeted, if I wanted to watch boring hockey – I would watch the New York Islanders because at least they fucking win. We don't even get wins anymore. And I, I just get so aggravated. Um, I don't mean to cut you off. It's just, you know, the Senators played the same style. They used the same trap. They sit at the blue line. Like, how is there no development and understanding that? You know, we – we got 10 times to play them this year, and every single time we go into it, we just crumble at the at the blue line. I get it, you know, but, like, there's no – we're not learning from it, and it makes them look unstoppable, and they're, they're clumsy at best, you know? <laughs> they're not a good hockey team, but neither are we. No, not anymore. Um what a fucking and, it's it's so difficult to I'm just thinking about how excited we were and we just it's just like uh oh it's like fucking Scooby Doo, you unmask the villain. It's like, oh fuck, guess what? It's the old Habs. You know, like we didn't go anywhere. I don't know. Um shout out to fucking Dave from Habby Island and just make you feel worse. Fucking Byron uh, taking a 3v2 in the send zone, passes back to a senator, and then they go on, you know, they go down ice and fucking score. And um, not only does that fucking just tickle me that he's on the fucking first lawn right now, um, but also it seemed like uh, I think that second goal, every just about every chance they had, there was a wide open shot for somebody that no one was covering. Um, it's like the Senators come on, dude, and we just fucking – we don't remember how to play the game. Well, do you want a stat? Yeah, I'll take stats. A depressing stat 
perfect. How many Habs episode right now? How many Habs players do you think have scored over 75 points in a season during the Mark Bergevin era? That's from 2012 to this year. Four. None. (laughs) Not only have we not had a point of game player, we haven't even sniffed at it. And if I had to guess, this is just going off the top of my head, I would guess Domi's 70-point season was probably the best one in the Habs uniform in that time. Well, I'm uh, I'm done talking about this fucking game. Um, I just want to try to give the give the people some type of um, content that's not as miserable as fucking today's lunch game. It's fucking pathetic. Um, Cole Caulfield gets his number. How you feel about number twenty two? Another I'm all sorry, I'm not I'm not in the mood to be positive today. <laughs> Assigned to him by the team. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. Give you him, have a young marketable game. star. Oh, it's ridiculous. Why? Now, now, how about this though? So like, you know, granted he's coming in for a couple of games this season. Understand just throwing him a number right now. Maybe next season we get to see him with like a true number. You know, it's it's kind of old school. You know, you come in, you're gonna wear this random number that we have given you, and um, you know, basically it was to prove that you sh- you should have a number on this team. I don't think it. What does really stand for that? I know, I know, I know. I don't think that's the same mentality anymore. I just think that maybe they're just throwing a number at him, trying to. For some reason, I would think that they're trying to, like, psych him into he's got to earn his number, but whatever. Here's my problem with that, okay? Mm-hmm. Lula Morello and his whole fucking clean-shaven thing, I think poor, that's too far. Mary. <laughs> yeah, I think it's too far. I think it's ridiculous. But there are other things he does, and I would be willing to bet – actually, I do – I know this from – listening to interviews with players who played with New Jersey in the Lula Morello era, they threw you a number. You ought to pick it later. Yeah. Okay. Lula Morello has made a dynasty. He's won. Everywhere he goes, the franchise turns into gold. That man has the Midas touch. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Look at the Leafs. The Leafs are not Kyle Dubas's brainchild. That's Lamorello. The Islanders. We talked about what he did in Jersey. This is a guy who's earned every right to, you know, say, look, you got to prove it with me. Mark Bergevin, you've done absolutely buttfuck nothing. <laughs> you haven't, he, he hasn't had a star player. He's had Carey Price. That's his only superstar. And he squandered him. We don't, we've, we haven't had a Sidney Crosby and I understand they don't come along. We haven't even had a Jonathan Huberto. We haven't had an Alex Barkov. We haven't had, like, we haven't had anyone. And you have the opportunity to bring in a marketable star. Looks like he could be a superstar, right? 
and you're just going to try and control. It's just, it's so stupid to me. It makes no sense. And I don't know. It's just another thing that's peeving me right now about mm-hmm. Mark Bergevin. And I just want to, to go back because I want to talk, because you know what? I think we've, we've earned the right. You and I have been positive about this team all season and we've seen the underlying issues and I just want to highlight Shea Weber's fucking game today. Absolutely brutal. And I'm not going to shit on Weber's career. Weber, I think has put together one of the best careers of defenseman in hockey. I don't know if he's a hall. I think he's in that station. Okay. But we need, we talked about a little bit last episode and we need to talk about it again. In 39 games this year, Shea Weber has 31 penalty minutes. Now, over an 82-game season, that's on that's going to break his single-season high, just that pace. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a, that's a coincidence. And today was really bad. He can't skate, and I don't think – I think there's a correlation there, right? Like – and we're talking about this team needing mobility. I think Weber's only going to continue to regress. I don't, I don't see how letting Mete and just I, the fact that it was against Montreal, I think makes it a little harder to swallow, but losing Mete and seeing what he did against Weber today, skating by him and getting a chance to score. I'm just, beyond upset and frustrated with the way this team's been managed. And I'm honestly at a loss as to where we go from here. You know, I'm kind of a little bitter about Victor Mete, but I'm happy that happened for him. I'm happy that he's going to go to a team. Granted, it's not the best team, you know what, but they're going to utilize him and he's going to get his time and he's actually going to get used and not abused like we did, you know, um, He's going to get his minutes. He's going to get a chance. And uh, this team, where he deserved the chance, he was overlooked, you know. So, yeah, it was pitiful. It, it was – but it's like I almost felt good for him, you know. Good good for him. Fucking – I'm happy flying, he gets out Flying of past this fucking – Flying past the cone, you know. Yeah. And – you know, I want to discuss something. You kind of fucking phased out for we... a second. Re- repeat that. I said I want to discuss something positive. Mm-hmm. We can, but I'm just looking at this and I have no. I have nothing to say. I don't know how I take anything positive. Okay. Well, if this is going to be the fucking 2006 emo era episode let's uh how how afraid I'm just, are you of um of what cole caulfield is gonna bring because if he's not a superstar this i don't expect him to be a superstar okay. i expect him to struggle yeah okay well i really that's do. what i'm afraid of is that he's gonna struggle in this media and the in this fucking ridiculous fan base it's gonna fucking eat him alive because he's not saving this you know at no one can say bite size so 
but, but that, you know that, the, the, the fucking fans montreal are- media here's the thing montreal media is gonna montreal media they're toxic they're awful they're horrible and fucking the chumps on tsn 690 are gonna go on and they're gonna bitch and moan and they're gonna complain and they're gonna ostracize our players they're gonna be ridiculous I think it's just a part of playing in Montreal. Um, it's a part of playing in Canada, but especially Montreal. Um, I don't see it, I don't see it getting to them though. I really don't. Well, I hope it fucking doesn't because uh, I feel like he's about to be Atlas. Like everything's gonna be on his shoulders. Every day, this the the will of this team is gonna be on his shoulders, and I, I hate I hate to see him sit in the fucking stands. And think that he's soon, not, sooner he's or not. later he's gonna get fucking treated like an a, the absolute fucking worst thing in the world when he was supposed to be the next coming, you know. What I will say, and it has been pointed out on TSN for those who watched the game, Montreal only has only has one recall available. So essentially, they can call up one more player from the AHL or the tax. Like that's it. So if Caulfield plays, he, that's their call up. <clears throat> and obviously injuries can basically allow you to call up more players. But in the terms of everyone being healthy, that's all they have. And they make the argument that, oh, you know, Bergevin doesn't want to waste that. Who else are you going to call up? Like this team isn't winning. And I just think that Caulfield not playing isn't doing him any any favors realistically if he doesn't play well montreal has 14 games left it's 14 games of nhl experience let him play and play all of them you know what because the ahl season's looking like it might not happen and this team is looking like they could miss the playoffs if it wasn't for calgary being horrible they wouldn't be in the conversation, I think just let them play. And Mon- like I said, Montreal media is going to Montreal media. At the end of the day, you, I don't think, you know, we talk about it way too much. I don't want to give them any sort of breath of air, essentially. Like they're going to do what they're going to do. And that's that. I think just you got to, you got to phase it out. And I think us as fans have to phase it out too, because Obviously, we're reacting pretty harshly today. And there's a lot of negativity surrounding this team right now. But these instant reaction, blaming everything on one player, crowning a kid the second coming of fucking Maurice Richard, Mike Bossy, like, you know, what? it's just not, it's, it's not intelligent, to say the least. And I think most Habs fans are just better than that. This... Team isn't problem, good. I think the problem is, is that the team's so bad and we're so used to it being so bad that hope is the only thing keeping a lot of fans like, oh, well, we have this coming. We have this, we have this, this kid coming, this kid coming. And you but put what I would, so much on their backs. What I would say to that is we become Leafs fans if we start doing that. I don't know why everyone hates Leafs fans because since 1967, They've been saying they're the next. <laughs> oh, we're the next. Oh, don't, don't, just you wait and see. We're going to, I don't want to do that. 
I'm not going to sit here and say this team is destined for a Stanley Cup. We might not win one in the next 20 years, the way things are going. Mm-hmm. Is Cole Caulfield a phenomenal prospect? Yes, but that's all he is. He's a prospect. He hasn't played yet. So to crown him the second coming of anybody, I think is ridiculous. I think he has a lot of potential and we'll see what happens. The only reason I want to see him play is because I gen I think he's the next the best option we have. I like that. Um, I don't know. Coming coming in to start this, uh, <laughs> I made no notes because I was just so beyond aggravated. Um, <laughs> only thing I took away from that game is that uh, that Shane Pinto kid, fucking beans. Is uh he's got a fucking magnet, um, and that's what kind of made me sick. Is that like the only thing I took away from this game is that I like the way that this kid played today, <laughs> and that was it. And KK looked like the best player. KK was the best player on the ice, and the thing is, I don't even think that like he I don't even know if you minutes today. I don't even know if you can take this as a positive. The Sens didn't play good. No, I mean, they, they, I, I don't want to bite down on them, but like they rarely do. But like, they didn't play good though. That's like, I, I think in a way, Montreal outplayed them. I don't know if that's more depressing. They didn't play good. Price let in some soft goals. The, our team, we didn't play good either. And I know Allen needed the fucking break, dude, but by God, play Primo. <laughs> Price clearly wasn't ready. Well, fuck, dude. Uh, I'm going to try to cheer you up, and we're going to go off topic, dude. But um, I'm sorry about your hometown or your providence, I guess it is. Uh, You guys are, like, devastatingly falling back into shit. But while you've been back in lockdown, did you watch the Masters the other other week? I did watch the Masters. Sunday was pretty fucking boring. I'll be honest. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, who went on to win for anyone who's not watching, not into golf, uh, first Japanese player to win any of the majors, first Japanese player to win the Masters. Um, great accomplishment for that entire country, golf crazed country. They have like one of the highest. Um, golf course per capita in the world which is nice. insane to me because japan's an island but yeah big win for him uh will zalatoris kind of pushed near the end but a little bit boring of course didn't play great on sunday um well, matsuyama had such a lead that it just kind of but yeah. um also wasn't doesn't he hold like a, a like a it's not a record but he's also in like a, a small community one like the the amateur version of it yeah so not a lot of people have won the is it ah uh, fuck i can't remember what the tour is it's basically the amateur like champion like you're the best amateur player mm-hmm. um he won it in 2011 11. so 10 so 10, 10 years, years ago you look at that short list. It's a short list of just insane guys. Jack Nicholas, Tiger. Crazy thing about Tiger is Tiger won it in 1995 and then won the Masters in like 97. So 
Probably. Just to show you how insane, <laughs> insane Tiger was. Um, yeah, no, I did watch that. I'm a little sad to talk about it now because I can't even go golfing anymore. Totally sorry, locked brother. down. Sorry. If I could, I'm going to try to cheer you up, though. So I'm a little sad, too, you know. Jesus, there goes my water. Um, but, you know, I'm still at home, and my buddies are back in our department, and they're, they're starting to set up events. Well, they set up the Zurich Classic uh, this week, and that's the, the one I was telling you about where we have a golf course. We have a golf course on the West Bank. And um, it's a, it's a PGA tour um, type of tournament. And <laughs> it was the one I was telling you, they just got fucking alligators everywhere. Everything's just a fucking nasty swamp ridden pond full of mosquitoes and shit. So the, the real challenge is like that aspect, probably not even playing it. Um, but like every year it fucking storms. <laughs> so my buddy called me, <laughs> my buddy called me middle of a storm they were uh they were putting out the the little avalanches which are little mini rollable ice chests all over the course um <laughs> and like a fucking serious storm came through and they were under um like one of those tents that don't have sides you know it's like an overhang type of thing um and this thing's fucking rocking back and forth and they were just they just got rained in for like i think 4 hours and they just got stuck under a tent while they watched all the avalanches they brought up fly around the golf course. Oh, no. Put divots in the course and shit. And he just called me and the fucking wind was whipping and whipping. <laughs> fucking whipping. He's just screaming. He's like, you just told me like, yeah, uh, I know I wish. Like basically he was saying like, you know, I know you wish you were here, but like this is this is the type of day we're having. Fucking. <laughs> I could hear my cousin in the background. Fucking look out. Fucking. Avalanches flying past them and shit. That's um, awesome. But yeah, like the, it, it, it swamped out so bad they were driving a golf court, a golf cart, Jesus. And it, it like, <laughs> it went through a puddle that they didn't know was that big and just water, it bogged it out. <laughs> so they had to abandon it in the middle of a parking lot and go, Jesus run, Christ. go run for cover. <laughs> that's, that's wild. I w- that's something I wanna I wanna get down south golfing one day. So, but but imagine that. So like that's just us setting setting it up. Like I know that you can't play in like extreme weather, but like this tournament is like notorious for terrible fucking weather, dude. Yeah, I think that's part of the fun of it, though. You know what I mean? Like some of those, like trying to play the tournament. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. make notorious for that. I think that would be interesting to play. If yeah. I can ever get out of my province, I mean, one day, hopefully, right? But yeah, yeah. to all our on all our Ontarian listeners, hang in there. Fucking yeah, thoughts go out to you. I'm suffering with you. Um, I don't even know what our government's doing right now. They're flip flopping. Now we can go to playgrounds. A day ago, we couldn't. I, who knows what's gonna happen? How would you want to bring a kid to a playground if your entire region is like uh, in I, critical? You know. I couldn't tell you. Um, it's turkey. Good morning. Good morning to you. I'm not. I'm not here to get into politics. I'm just here to say I'm with everybody, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get through it. I can safely say tomorrow I celebrate my second birthday in lockdown. 
the, the big <laughs> the big 19 our legal drinking age. let's go son let's go yeah i had a nice uh 18 holes booked out on uh this fucking ontario it's like the ontario like a prestige course ontario tour basically it's one of those courses and uh yeah fucking dougie says nope no more golf so i'm gonna sit at home maybe play some chow enjoy the night we gotta get you a, a virtual one of those like you know super rich people have those virtual ones you just sling it at a wall Oh, I if I had a spare fifty grand, I would definitely have one. But dip it, dip it, dip into your college fund. <laughs> Ooh, college fund. <laughs> go, go be like RA and go, go, go take a student loan. <laughs> Is that what RA did? <laughs> he, uh, he apparently took a couple of loans out when he was in college to go to like, uh, <laughs> go, go on like vacations and shit with the boys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, might be a plan. I would have done it. I'm not gonna lie. If I if I would have thought about that, and and like someone was like, "Hey, it's possible," I might have at least done one. You know, just dip my tootsies in it. Oh man, I'm gonna have so much student debt though. I can't even <laughs> can't even fathom adding adding more to that. But oh, I mean, that's yeah. The world's kind of crazy right now. Hockey aside, um, looking like the Colorado Avalanche are getting the COVID. Yeah, um, sort uh, of shut down, destroying my fucking fantasy league again. Oh, I'm I can't say I'm happy for anyone to get COVID, but I lost a 80 point lead due to one of my buddies riding Grubar Grubauer in the Avs fucking coattails to the first place. So yeah, I have Grubauer as well, number seventh in the league right now. Oh, he's number one in mine. Okay, but, last last take from me for you. Patrick Marlowe is about to appear. <laughs> oh, He's you you want to get me riled up? What a how fucking, do you feel about them? What just... a fucking fraud, man! <laughs> Jesus, you might as well fucking dress me. I'll lace him uh, up. I'll contribute about as much as he can. It's oh, just no. It's so. Disgusting. It's like uh, what? What is that? What is that? Uh, curling. We don't have that down here, so like it, it's you know you just got to know what it is. It's almost like they just pushed him in that. They're using the broom to just help him get every game he can. They're stretching him out onto the ice every game. There's a so uh, so can skate <laughs> up and down for six minutes, back and forth down the ice. Maybe a puck will bounce off his ass into the net. <laughs> Like, and you have to understand <laughs> who he's dethroning. It's fucking Gordy Howe. And Gordy Howe, when your nickname's Mr. Hockey, like, I think it's safe to say no one wants that that record to be broken, right? Like, Gordy played till he was 51 years old. I think it's funny because the only person that wanted that record to be broken was Gordy, and now everyone's watching Patrick Marlowe. I'm not going to say everyone. Mason is watching Patrick Marlowe do it, and he's getting – fucking furious but i feel you it, i never got to watch gordy but yeah I but yeah i can't tell if he if he just walked around did a did a lap and that was you know that was it's his, pa- okay. his game that day patrick marlowe is what 41 now mm, something like that gordy howe entered the league they were playing 40 games a year mm-hmm. okay 
they weren't getting paid nearly as much. It's nearly. <laughs> they weren't you, you know what I'm paid saying. Shit. Patrick Marlowe <laughs> in 40 games this year has managed to accumulate a whopping stat line of four goals, four assists for eight points. And if you really want to take a, a stroll back in time, he hasn't been effective for about three seasons. He got 20 points last year. He's never been a superstar. He's just been an accumulator. He just accumulates points because he's played so many fucking games. 41 years old, eight points in 40 games or 40 something games. When Gordy Howe was 41 years old, for the Detroit Red Wings, he had 71 points in 76 games. He made the all-star team. He, ha- he was sixth in Hart Trophy voting. When Gordie Howe was 47 for the Hartford Whalers, he scored 102 points in 78 games. <laughs> As a 51-year-old, he had 41 in 80. There is no... <laughs> There is no world in which (laughs) Patrick Marlowe deserves to break that record, especially when you consider that Gordy left for six years to play in the WHA. Like, it's just, it's disgusting. Like, it makes me feel sick watching it. And just one last stat line, the year before, when Gordy was 40, he put up 103 points, 44 goals in 76 games for Detroit. Let's look at Patrick Marlowe as a four-year-old. Yeah, 20 points, 10 goals. It's just not comparable. <laughs> One of them, like Gordy contributed, and that's what I think made the record so, mm-hmm. you know, it's just mystic. Omnipotent. Like yeah, like he was – genuinely contributing and Marlowe is just collecting a paycheck, getting games played and then sitting on the bench for the rest of the game. So how do you, um, how do you, how do you like um, defend against, you know, someone saying that it's a, the style of hockey so much different now. It's more difficult. (laughs) Have you seen hockey highlights in like, like Gordy, what he played when he was fifty-one, he was playing in nineteen eighty. Have you seen eighties hockey? Yeah, it was Gordy was getting elbowed in the <laughs> face, brutal, getting slashed, getting tripped. Like fuck, it's not comparable at all. Patrick Marlowe, if anyone hits that guy, the forty-one-year-old fucking face of San Jose hockey, you think he's not getting? Whoever hits him isn't getting reamed into the boards, like. Um, here's a, here's a fun stat, Jonathan Beecher, uh, I'm guessing that's his name, posted today on Twitter that, uh, Marlowe has appeared in at least one game with 37% of every NHL player who's ever played in the league, uh, league's history of 104 years. Okay. Congratulations. You've also played, wait, Gordy Howe played in the fucking original six. There were six teams. Patrick Marlowe's played had the opportunity to play against how many teams? It's Very just true. not like Very true. I don't want to keep talking about I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Fraud. Sorry. He's sorry just I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to give the people a little bit of humor, you know, to, to close out the episode. 
Like, it was Patrick Marleau a Hall of Famer, yes. I think so, just because of the longevity. But if you look at his numbers, Marleau was never a face of this league. He got, let me see. Can you, just a quick guess, how many times do you think Marleau broke 100 points? Same answer as earlier, I'm going to go with four. Well, you'd be grossly mistaken because his career high in points is 86 <laughs> and he topped the 80 mark twice oh man stay hot <laughs> <laughs> cool enough baby uh well but that's Mason, the last mason's thing. had enough he wants to go celebrate his birthday and and i don't blame him so uh why don't why don't we close out bud you got any more if that's final, the last thing you statement? That's the last thing you want to piss me off about today. I think we're good. <laughs> Gordy Howe for life. Yeah, I, I, I'm, with, I'm, with you. I'm with you, bud, because, you know, Gordy Howe came to – I heard I heard about Gordy Howe growing up because he played in Houston, you know. So he was a big part of, like, the legend of me growing – you know, like the legends that I grew up hearing about. But um, shout out to Gordy. I don't think his – I don't think this one should be beat, but I know Gordy would want it to be beat. Because he's just that nice of a person. But, um, folks, I guess we'll end it here. Um, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us at Habs Nightly on Twitter and Value Benders on Twitter. Also, it's day five of Ramadan today. Everyone, uh, everyone who's partaking in that, good luck to you. Good luck to Ontario and their the madness that's going on right now. We'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. All right, peace. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast, your one-stop shop for Islanders news, analysis, and opinions, featuring the biggest personalities in sports podcasting, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's right, TJ. If you want your opinions viewed through orange and blue colored glasses from an Islander Bobo and charter member of the Inlui Trust crowd, you'll love the measured commentary from TJ. On the other hand, if you want the unvarnished truth of a hockey purist, a genius, a legend, and an all-around great guy, the grumpy old man's insane ramblings will be just what you need to survive each and every week. An all-around great guy? Well, we also have weekly installments of Stump the Grump, an absolute fan favorite. Make sure to participate in our live streams and listen every Monday and Thursday to the bi-weekly podcast. You can find the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.